give thanks to you today. And uh, even though Thanksgiving Day is Thursday, today is a day of thanksgiving. Uh, every day is the day of thanksgiving. So, Lord, we don't take it for granted. We don't take you for granted, Lord God. And we repent if we have, Lord Jesus. So, God, have your way as you already have on this day. Lord, speak clearly to us. Lord God, on this day, as we worship before your throne, God, we take this time, we take this pause right now, God, before we go into the word to just reverence you, Lord God. Reverence you. Reverence you, Lord. In your temple, in the beauty of your holiness, we reverence you, Lord God. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. It's chilly, but we can feel it. <laughs> Thank you for that, Lord God. Um, that means we're still alive. We have pain, but we can feel it. That lets us know that we are still alive. My oh, God. We may not have pain, but that lets us know our eyes are open and we see the beauty that you have created. That lets us know that we are still alive. And that you've given us one more chance to get it right with you, Lord God. In your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The late, great Bishop Walter Hawkins wrote a song with lyrics that says this or goes like this. Tragedies are commonplace. All kinds of diseases, people are slipping away. The economy's down. People can't get enough pay. But as for me, all I can say is, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Mm. Next verse says, folks without homes, living out in the streets, and the drug habits, some say they just can't be. Muggers and robbers, no place seems to be safe, but you've been my protection. You've been my protection. You've been my protection every step of the way. And I want to say thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. The course says it could have been me. Outdoors. No food. No clothes. Or left alone without a friend. Or just another number with a tragic end. But you didn't see fit to let none of these things be. Because everything by your power. Everything by your power. You keep on keeping me. And I want to say thank you Lord. For all you've done for me. And as we get ready to celebrate what's on the calendar as Thanksgiving Day, if you are a believer, we need to just take the time out to thank the Lord for all that he has done for us. So 
And I just want to make it personal. You need to thank the Lord for all that he has done for you. Huh? Thank the Lord for all he has done for you. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 17, you don't have to go there. New King James Version says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Now the two Greek words for gift emphasizes the perfection and the inclusiveness of God's graciousness. It emphasizes the perfection and inclusiveness of God's graciousness. The first denotes the act of giving, and the second is the object given. Everything related to God's giving is more than adequate, complete, and beneficial. Everything related to his giving is beneficial for us as his believers. Amen? Amen. And because he is the father of lights, which is an ancient Jewish expression for God as the creator, the lights, of course, referring to the sun, the moon, and the stars, he is the father of all that is good, and there is no shadow of turning with him. In other words, he will not change. He is the God that changes not. Now, from our perspective, those celestial bodies have different phases of movement and rotation, and they seem to change from day to night in varying intensity and shadow, but God does not follow that pattern. God is a constant God. He is really the only constant we have in the universe. God is constantly good. God is constantly kind. God is constantly loving. God is constantly faithful. God is a constant. And there is no shadow of turning within him. Praise God. He does not waver and he does not vary in his goodness. Hmm? So what does that mean? You can count on him as being good and being able to provide good. <laughs> always always good means just what I said and I said it before good in this verse and then throughout the Bible just means that's that good <laughs> good is good and God is good and all he ever is going to be is good and it means inherently good for us as believers good describes what's what originates from God and is empowered by God in your life as a believer through faith. It originates from him, it is empowered by him, and it's for us as believers through our what? Faith. Hmm? Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Everything that happens to you is not good. I ain't one to say that everything that happens to you is good. But everything that comes from God is good. Amen. Amen. Everything that happens to you is not good, but everything that comes from God is good. 
And even when things are not good from our perspective, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. Whether you, it's the, the bad things that are happening to you or the good things that happen to you, in everything give thanks. Not for it, but in it. Hmm? What does that mean? If, even though I don't have it right now, <laughs> I believe that God is working it out for my good. Hmm. Why? Because I love him. And he called me according to his purpose. And I am the sheep in his pasture. And he is my shepherd and I shall not want. He is good and he is God and he is the good shepherd. Amen. Everything that originates from God is good. Amen. We have a limited perspective, which means we tend to only see what we can see. And what we can see is temporary. Right? Our perspective is a temporary one. But when we take on his perspective, which is an eternal perspective, as a believer, you can't help but say, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Hmm? I won't be long, but I want to give you some reasons why you should be able to say, thank you, Lord. Reason number one, especially if you are a believer, he saved you. Amen. <laughs> right? Amen. Let's go by go to Ephesians. He saved you. How? By his grace and through your faith. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. And it says this. <laughs> he saved you by his grace through your faith. Mm -hmm. Chapter 2 of Ephesians. It says this. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Mm -hmm. Hmm? When you're disobedient, that means you have a the prince of the power of the air spirit, meaning Satan working in you. Among whom also we had we all had our Conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the, desi the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even by others. Verse number four says, But God, who is rich in what? Mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And, and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places or realms in Christ Jesus. Amen. Verse number seven, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved, how? Through faith. And that not, that not of yourselves, it is a what? Yeah. Gift. Yeah. It is a what? Gift yeah. from God. Now the song that resonates and has been sung by people from all theological persuasions, 
And even the ungodly is amazing grace. It has been performed in churches of all kinds, from the Christian church to the Mormon church, and it's been recorded by countless artists, secular gospel, you name it, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the rest like me has been recorded. Right? It's one of the most well-known songs ever to have been written. Now, when someone gives you a gift, do you say that's very nice and how much do I owe you? Y'all, the appropriate response would be what? Thank you. <laughs> right? Yet how often believers, even after receiving the free gift of salvation, feel obligated to try and work their way to God. Hmm? The concept of grace is found, the concept of grace as found in the Bible is multifaceted or multifaceted. But it can be summed up in the definition of undeserved favor. Grace is God's undeserved favor that he bestows on his creation or creation, which yes. is us. Yes. Amen. Yes, thank you. The scripture told us that we are saved by grace. Well, then how, God's, how is God's grace expressed? His grace is expressed by his forgiveness of our sins, his blessing to us, which includes peace and fulfillment in this life, and most importantly, in the life to come, which includes unencumbered fellowship with him for all eternity. Now, I'm not going to skip over that. His, his grace is expressed by his forgiveness of our sins. Amen. His blessing to us, which includes peace and fulfillment. The blessings of God is just not things. It's peace in the midst of storm and fulfillment when things feel empty. Amen. And most important in the life to come, un in, in unhindered, unencumbered fellowship like Adam and Eve had before the fall with him forever. Unencumbered, uninhibited, being able to feel the full weight of God's love and fellowship forever and ever and ever and ever. That's how God expresses his grace towards us. Just as the song Amazing Grace has gained almost universal acceptance, it is difficult to find any religious expression with roots in Christianity that does not praise God's grace. Hmm? Not, no one with even minimal exposure to Christianity would be so bold to claim they have lived a life of such Sterling character that God owes them yes. eternal life. Now people are misinformed and sometimes believe that God owes them. And you see that when people die that you know live the life opposite of the God of God's way. And yet still people try to put them in heaven. God does not owe you heaven. <laughs> Unless you Accept his free gift of grace, which provides for you salvation, and then you can be in position to receive eternal eternity with him. Amen. 
Huh? Now for some, they try, when they do slip up, they try to work their way back to God. But see, God's grace, he covers it in John, 1 John 1, 9. He says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. No, now take this, check this. Even though your sins are cleansed, you still have the capability to commit them. Why? Because God will always, until you leave this earth, give you the choice. It's called free will. He gives you the choice to choose him or to choose against him. Free will is, is a powerful thing that God has. It's actually a love word. He gives us the choice to choose him or not to choose him. He gives us the choice to live with him in time and not to live with him in eternity. God gives us a choice. Amen. Amen. Now, most of us will agree that nobody's perfect. And many say that God in his grace will overlook your sins if he sees that you have made a genuine effort to do the right thing, mend your ways and avail yourself with the help he offers through the church. And he sees the trajectory of his life. If your life heading in the right direction, then his grace will forgive your sin and grant you eternal life. That's not God's way. Amen. You confess your sins. Then he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. And to cleanse you from your unrighteousness. All of it. That's God's grace at work. Amen. You are saved. Now check this one. You are saved by grace, not by a mixture of God's grace and your works. Right. <laughs> you hear me? You are saved by grace, not by a mixture of God's grace and your works. The work is God's, not yours. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verses 4 through 5 in the New Living Translation, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Amen? When some people learn that they are saved by God through faith, they start to worry, do I have enough faith? Well, let me tell you this. You only need faith the size of a mustard seed. And you can move mountains. What does that mean? That don't mean you have to be a giant in the faith to have faith. All you need is mustard seed faith to do what? Believe God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Salvation by grace means that from the first to the last, it is undeserved. Grace is not God doing 95 or 99.9% .9 with you making up the difference. Grace is God doing 100% and your humble acceptance of it, recognizing that you are unworthy and have nothing to contribute, and that should make you want to say, thank you, Lord. Huh? You don't have to do the work. It's God's work. In fact, he's already done it. How? Through Jesus Christ. Yes. All we have to do is accept it through our faith. Because we are saved by his grace through our faith. Amen. So that should say, make you want to say what? Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord, that you did what? Saved you. Now, for those who have not, for those who have not received this free gift, that's on you. God got the offer open. Today is a good day to receive Jesus as your Savior. Amen? Amen. Number two reason is this. He not only saved you, he set you free. Oh, praise God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ooh, let's go to John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. He saved you. He sets you free. If you're a believer, he saved you, and he sets you free. That ought to make you want to say, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. John chapter 3, verse, um, chapter 8, verse 31, it says this. Well, 30, actually. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? Make or set you free. Verse 33 says, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth forever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be what? Free The truth will make you free is a common saying in academic circles that want to promote academic freedom and the power of learning. Mm -hmm. Now many universities have this statement on a sign near the front of the building and it says, but as we have just read, the truth will set you free did not originate in academia. It began in the word. In context, Jesus' statement has nothing to do with the classroom learning. In fact, it speaks of a higher form of knowledge than is capable of being learned in the classroom. Now, I'm not speaking against getting your education. Don't get me wrong. But if you really want to know the truth and you really want to be set free, you learn it through Jesus Christ. Now, just as Jesus finished a speech at the temple where he described the differences between himself and his listeners, he said in verse 23 to 24 that you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Then he goes on to say, I told you that you would die in your sin. If you do not believe that I am he who you're looking for, talking about the Messiah, you will indeed die in your sin. But then in verse 30, the result of Jesus' message was that even as he spoke, many believed. And then he spoke specifically to the Jews. 30, and look at verse number 31 and 32 again. It says this. Then, G, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the what? Truth. And the truth will do what? Now, note two things. First, there is such thing as truth. Truth is the absolute standard by which reality is measured. Truth is found in the word of God. There are no alternative facts. 
<laughs> there is only absolute truth. And the absolute truth of God will make you free. Right? We live in a relativistic, relativistic culture that denies absolute truth, claiming what is true for you may not be true for me. You've heard, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm living in my truth. <laughs> I'm living in my truth. But the truth is not based on your feelings, experiences, or your desires. The real truth is not based on how you feel and how you're living in your truth. The truth is how you're living in his truth. His truth. That's good. Huh? Huh? That's good. And if your truth is based on how you feel, your truth is off. Because your feelings can mess you up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I Your feelings can be up and down, up and down, around the corner, around the way. You can't find them. They, you get all in them. How many been in your feelings? Hmm? <laughs> the devil will push you to get into your feelings. You know why? Because he can get you off track with God. And the truth of God. Right? Your truth as a believer is what is God's viewpoint on every matter. The, tr the, the, the truth is... is, is as a believer is what is God's viewpoint? What does God have to say about this matter? And God, what God has to say don't, does not need does, needs no redefinition. <laughs> you don't redefine what God has to say <laughs> to fit the way you fit to make you feel a little better about yourself. Hmm? Hmm? Yeah. As a believer, your truth is, what is God's viewpoint on this matter? Pilate asked in chapter 1838, what is true? But Jesus had already given the answer in chapter 14, 6, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Hmm? There is a such thing as the truth. The second thing is knowing the truth. When you know the truth, it results in true freedom or genuine freedom. Don't be confused. Truth alone doesn't set you free. It's the knowledge of the truth that will make you free. In other words, just knowing about Jesus does not make you free. You can know about him until you turn green. But until you get to know him, and when you get to know him, then you will be made free. Not knowing about him, not knowing about the Jesus that your grandpa and grandma and your mother and your father, your aunt, uncle, or whoever knows, is the Jesus who you get to know. For yourself in your own relationship, and that will make you what? Free. Mm -hmm. 
Your deliverance comes when you know the truth. And when you know the truth, you begin hanging around the truth or hanging out with the truth. And then when you know the truth, that's when the truth will make you what? Free. Amen. Hmm? And it will set you free from, from illegitimate bondage. Look at verse 30, 34 through 36. It says this, Jesus answered them, Verily I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now another, another translation says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And, and a slave is not uh, a slave is not a member of the family, mm -hmm. but a son is part of the family forever. Yes. And if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be what? Free, free indeed. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's keep going. Jesus is the truth. And knowing the truth will set you free from the bondage of sin. From the condemnation of sin and be free of and all that should make you want to say, thank you, Lord. What? He set me free. So, he saved me by grace through faith. And he did what? Set me free. And lastly, and most importantly, well, I don't to say most importantly. Lastly, he is merciful. Let's go to Psalm 86. This is my last scripture. Psalm 86. He saved me. That should make you want to say thank you. He set you free. That should make you want to say thank you. Free from what? The bondage of sin. You're not bound by sin anymore. And then 86.15. He is merciful. David says this. Psalm 86.15. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Another translation says, but you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion, mercy, slow to get angry. Thank God for that. And you're filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Mercy is the expression of God's steadfast love that relieves misery and does not give all the sinners what we deserve. Now that you're a believer, you're not classified as a sinner. But if you're an unbeliever, you are classified as a sinner. But God in his mercy does not give you all that you deserve. He gives you one more chance to get it right with him. God being merciful basically means that when you deserve punishment, he doesn't punish you. In fact, he blesses you. How does he bless you? If he gives you one more day on this earth, that is a blessing. If he gives you one more opportunity to connect with Jesus, 
That is a blessing. We get so caught up in the monetary things and the and cars and houses that we miss out on the real blessing, which is God's mercy that is paid by the Roy of Grace. Hmm. As a believer, you can praise God that even though you were once destined for death as a member of Satan's kingdom, God saved you by his mercy. And because of it, biblical justice also, if you read throughout the Bible, biblical justice comes tempered with the potential of mercy towards you as a believer. If you read from the New Testament to the from the Old Testament to the New Testament, especially all throughout the Old Testament, when Israel came to repentance and serve God, then they failed. God kept giving them chance after chance after chance after chance after chance to get right with him. And then along came Jesus, <laughs> who was full of mercy and truth, who is actually mercy and truth. And he wiped all of our sin away. Amen. The cross of Jesus Christ is the greatest example of this appeal for mercy. While on the cross, while they were killing him, Jesus asked his father to forgive them because they didn't know what they were doing. After being whooped all night, spit upon, cussed at, left alone, hair pulled out, beaten unrecognizably, Jesus still had in his heart, Father, forgive them. Now you know when somebody done done you wrong. Let's be real about it. Some of us say, well, I'll forgive them, but I, but I won't forget. If you can't forget it, then you really didn't forgive them. You know why? Because it's something that's going to always come back to your memory. They did such and such wrong every time you see them. <laughs> you may go along for a while, but every now and then Satan will pop that thing back up in your mind and you get mad right all over again. Hmm? And I'm not saying that when people do you wrong, let them just walk all over you, but what I am saying is that you have to have the same forgiveness that Jesus had, just as the same forgiveness he used for you. Because he, he, he can forgive you of all your stuff. Hmm? All the sin that you committed. Because all of us ain't always been saved all our life. And even if we were saved all our life, we did wander on the path, right? Off the path every now and again. And that same forgiveness that Jesus gave those that were trying to, that was killing him, is the same forgiveness that we need to have. That with us, and it's not easy to come by. It won't happen overnight. In fact, you have to stay connected to the vine. <laughs> and that's why God wants you to be connected with him all the time, because that way there he can work on you and the truth will continually make you free over and over and over again. Amen? Hmm? Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Y'all have heard this before. And mercy is not getting what you do deserve. So today, 
I ask you to join me in saying, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Say it. Thank you, Lord, for, for all you've done for me. Say it. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Say it again. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. What did he do? He saved you by his grace through your faith. He set you free, and he is merciful. And the Bible tells us his mercy endures forever. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You didn't have to do it, but thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm taking it for granted, but thank you, Lord. I I, I'm taking your, you saving me for granted. Thank you, Lord. I'm taking, you freeing me for granted. Thank you, Lord. I'm taking your mercy for granted. Thank you, Lord. For all you've done. And if you don't know him, get to know him today. What a great day to know him. Yes. As your Lord and your Savior. And if you're disconnected, what a day to get reconnected with him. Times is tough. And it's going to get tougher. It's rough out here in the streets, as they would say. And sometimes you don't even have to be in the streets. You can be in your house. I read a report, I think, last night somebody broke was breaking into a house and somebody got shot and killed. Don't know who it was or if it was a burglar or the person doing the, doing the, at the house. I don't know at this moment, at this fact. They didn't put that out. But you could be in your house. That's why you got to get right with God now. Because you can go to sleep just like on a regular night. Expecting to wake up tomorrow morning. And you may enter into eternity. And if you're not right with God before you go to sleep for the night, when you go to sleep for eternity and you're not right with God, that means you are not going to heaven. There is a real hell. And you think hell is, you think you're going through a lot of hell now? This is nothing. It pales in comparison to what hell really is. Everlasting torment. Yes. My God. It's no party in hell. That's a lie. It ain't no partying. You ain't gonna be kicking it. <laughs> See, you're not gonna be chilling. Ain't no air conditioning. Ain't no water. Hell is a real thing. It wasn't created for people. And God does not send you to hell. In fact, if you don't receive Jesus as your Savior, you send yourself. Because God don't want any to perish. Hell has enlarged her borders. Heaven is much smaller. Hell, hell is growing. Heaven is small. As the Bible declares. You need to get right with God. Get right with him. 
And when you get right with him, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you get to spend unencumbered, unencumbered fellowship with him in eternity. That means walking up and down as the Bible describes the streets that are paved with gold. And if they even go there, they just full of mud, no as Jesus is there. <laughs> and the bars of the gates could be leather. I don't care. As long as Jesus is there. Hmm. Huh. Don't have to be one diamond, one ruby, no sapphire, none of that. Crystal, all that, none of that. As long as Jesus is there. That will be heaven for me. Because he'll be there as a bright light shining. There will be no need for no street lights. <laughs> he'll be the bright light in the city square. <laughs> there won't be no need for no food. It's a banquet that's prepared for us. You won't need, a, you won't need food in your glorified body anyway. <laughs> be free from all this sickness, pain, disease, and turmoil. As long as Jesus is there, that's heaven. I love seeing you here, but I would much rather see you there. Hallelujah. That way we can have uninhibited fellowship with God and each other forever. And ever. And ever. Eternal peace, eternal victory. All the weight of God's love on us. And I believe that bright light is nothing but God's love that's being poured out over and over and over and over and without end. Just the full weight of God's glory and His presence and His power and His love. These bodies can't stand it. That's why we got to get new ones. Amen. So thank you, Lord. For all you've done for me. Thank you. For saving somebody that was messed up like me. Thank you, Lord. That you can call anybody out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you, Lord. From the uttermost to the guttermost, you call us all out, God. Woo! It don't matter where you've been, what you've done, and how you did it, and who you did it with. God can cleanse you of your sin. Set you free. So be free. Why be bound? You ain't gonna miss nothing down here. <laughs> I used to think growing up I would be missing out. I'm gonna get saved when I get older. I'm gonna miss out on all this. Found out all out there wasn't what it was cracked up to be. <laughs> it was a lot of mess, turmoil, and pain and ugliness. Lying, cheating, and stealing. Gotta watch your back. Yes. Can't trust this one. Can't trust that one. Yeah. Just dangerous. Just dangerous. Yeah. Mm. But thank you, Lord, for keep on keeping me. <laughs> thank you, Lord. For all you for me. Stand to your feet. Praise God.